heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. I'm going to think this morning about uh, what is the glory of God? Well, that's a question and a half, isn't it? And uh, probably none of us here can fully explain that, I would suspect. And certainly not in this lifetime, because it's too big a question. The, uh, the glory of God is as expansive as, well, as we can think and more. And uh, it's a question, as I said, that can never be fully answered in this lifetime. But one day we're going to fully experience the glory of God when we're in his presence. Isn't that wonderful? Well, uh, for a short time, I'd like to consider God's glory and to reflect on, if you like, a number of facets that we, uh, that we can take from thinking about God's glory. Looking at it from different angles and um, hopefully encouraging each other encouraging us towards the goal of being more glorified in God and looking to glory where we're going to be ultimately um, with our wonderful Heavenly Father. Psalm 145 commences with these words, I will exalt you, my God and King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. That's a great way to start any song, isn't it? We'll have that one next week. Tim, will you have the music written by then? You will, that sounds good. What a great way to start a song of praise and salvation when we, when we consider that we're exalting my God, the King. And we can each say, my God, the King, can't we? If we're saved this morning, we can say that he is my God, my King, my Lord, my Saviour. And the first aspect I'd like to consider in terms of the glory of God is glory as in honour, praise, adoration, acclaim, if you, if you put it in natural terms, applause, <coughs> glory, public acknowledgement of worthiness and admiration, it says in, the, uh, in, the, in Webster's Dictionary. Other dictionaries are available at WH Smith. Other shops are available too, just in case they get in trouble. And now our God is worthy, isn't he? First of all, we can glory, give him glory because he is worthy. Is that right? Our God is worthy. The psalm provides us a great example. We can certainly associate with it. Because the psalmist's heart is touched by God. And I trust this morning our heart has been touched by God. I'm hoping it has, yes. Our heart has been touched by God. And that should mean that we are aware of his tender mercies. The tender mercies of our Saviour, his loving kindness. The one who redeemed, the psalmist says, his life from the pit, has redeemed our life too. Isn't that wonderful? And that's why we want to give him praise. We want to give him glory. We want to uplift his name. We want to exalt him. We give him glory in that name. He put, the psalmist says, he put his feet on the rock. And for us, who is the rock? The rock, Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? We don't have a, a, a something which is a bit iffy, a bit, are we going to sink? Whatever. He is the rock. The rock, Christ Jesus, that will stand eternally for us. Our firm salvation is built on him. It says in that psalm, I will exalt you, my king. How often does the psalmist say, he was going to praise the Lord. Question. How often did he say it in that song? 
for, for every day I will praise you, O oh Lord. And why is that? Because his mercies on you and every morning. We can reflect on what the Lord's done for us, but we can look forward that he's kicking us too. You can be happy about that if you like. Don't have to be, but it'd be good if you are. How long will the psalmist praise the name of the Lord? Remember what it said? For ever and ever. Ever and ever. Longer than somebody nagging you. Forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Forever and ever. Why? Because the Lord has changed his life. Changed my life. Changed your life. For how long? Forever and ever. It's true, isn't it? We've been changed forever. To be forever with him. So how much more today should we be giving glory to God? And I trust we've been doing that through our service. Through our singing. Through our adoration. As we've been considering what he's done for us. In the quiet times. We've been giving glory to God. Honouring the name of Jesus. Bringing praise to our Saviour. Because we don't come to just an earthly priest. As it says in Hebrews. We don't come to the pastor of the church. We don't come to anybody in here in that sense. We come to a priestly king who reigns and rules and ministers and intercedes for us forever and ever to Jesus Christ, the righteous. Isn't that wonderful? And I'm sure Hayden's relieved about that because if we had to come to him, that'd be a lot of pressure. But we come to Jesus. Our heavenly priest, who intercedes for us. Can remember when Jesus died, the, the veil of the temple was torn in two. We're able to come close. There's, did you notice there's no restrictions when you come into church this morning? There isn't a barrier to say, well, that's as far as you can come. No, because we can come right under his presence. And we can adore him, we can worship him. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. How wonderful he is. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. And you know, when we think about the psalmist, we can also move forward to Revelation. And it's well-known verse, verses, I should say, in Revelation chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. And we can identify with this now, but also in heaven in future times. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb. They were giving glory. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. You can almost feel them getting more and more excited there, can't they? Can't you? Do you think? Ah, well, I can imagine that. The people in heaven get more and more excited as they're giving glory to God. And then I heard every creature in the earth and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power how long? forever and ever giving glory to God isn't that wonderful? and we'll be part of that now and as we go on considering glory there's a closely related theme to giving glory to, to glory being something we have joy in we delight in we have a triumph in, we rejoice in. And here's a poor example, and it's a one that hasn't been used for a long time. Okay, you've got to be probably, I don't know, 60 odd years plus to remember this one. This is a poor example, but here we go. The whole city gloried in the home team's winning of the FA Cup. 
Yeah, that is a long time, isn't it? They had gloried in. To have a spiritual context to that, we've read and thought of recently from Habakkuk 3. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Glorying, taking joy in, rejoicing in our God. Isn't that wonderful? Him we're giving glory to, but Him we are also rejoicing in. And how are we in this position? That's a question. How are we in this position of being able to give glory and a glory in our God? Well, here we go. Colossians 2, 13-15 says this. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive in Christ. You're getting excited here. God made you alive in Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. That's how we can glory and that's how we can triumph in, that's how we can rejoice in and delight in our God because of what he's done for us, because of what Jesus has done for us. And not only did God cancel out the accusations of the law, and somebody here is trained to be a lawyer, so she knows a bit about the law, I'm not going to mention the law because I no doubt get something wrong. But I can tell you this, if something's against you, then you're guilty. That's right, isn't it? If something's against you, you're guilty. Well, the Lord has cancelled them out completely. Obliterated them. Dismissed them. Everything that stood against us. The accusations that the law had is us as Christians, Almighty God and the person of his Son, Jesus Christ, is taken away. Isn't that wonderful? And more than that, he's conquered and disarmed sin and death and the devil. And the picture here is a, a Roman general. And you might know this, but in Roman times, when a city or a nation was conquered, the Roman general led the captives through the city, stripped of the weapons, stripped of their armour, sometimes stripped of their clothes, stripped of their power to symbolise their utter defeat. And that is the picture that Jesus has utterly defeated the death, death and sin and the devil. Utterly defeated, they're completely disarmed. And the J.B. Phillips version of verses 14 and 15 read like this. And if you want to get excited, please do. He has forgiven you all your sins. Christ has utterly wiped out the damning evidence of broken laws and commandments which always hung over our heads and has completely annulled it by nailing it over his own head on the cross. And then, having drawn the sting of all the powers reigned against us, he exposed them, shattered, empty, defeated in his final glorious triumphal it's a wonderful picture that, isn't it? Shattered, empty, defeated. That's sin and death, devil. Shattered, empty, 
defeated. The old hymn declares, Thine be the glory, risen, conquering Son. And yes, he's risen, he's alive, and he's conquered. He is victorious, the triumph is his, and therefore we can glory in him. How wonderful that is. We've been made alive in Christ this morning, we've been forgiven. Our delight is in our position in the Lord. He is the conquering king. The author and finisher of our faith, as Paul says. Christ triumphant, ever reigning, saviour, master, king. Yours the glory and the crown. The verse of that one says, isn't it? Sorry, the chorus of that song says, Yours the glory and the crown, the high renown, the eternal name. Yours the glory. And that's what we're saying. That's what we're encouraging us to be in that position this morning of giving him the glory, the high renown. And as we bring our praise and our adoration and rejoice and triumph in his victory, then we have to examine ourselves to see how much we appreciate this glory, don't we? Because glory can also mean a treasure, a jewel, something of real value, of real worth, of virtue. And again, it's a poor, poor illustration, but if you went back a few years, well, 23 really, you'd have something like this. The Millennium Bridge has become the glory of the town celebration. It was the bee's knees. I don't know what that means, really. The bee's knees. Has anybody seen bee's knees? No. I'm just, that's just an aside, but anyway. It was, you know, bee thing. In other words, the jewel and the crown. The item most dear. Something precious above all else to be placed in a position. Something that's most sought after. Matthew 13, 44-46, Jesus told this short parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, when a man found and, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he found one pearl of great price, went out and sold all that he had and bought it. The pearl of greatest price. And we sing that hymn, don't we? I found the pearl of greatest price. My heart to sing for joy. And the chorus goes on to sing, say, and sing I must, for Christ I have. Oh, what a Christ have I. Whoa, what a Christ have I. I just thought I'd wait over there. <laughs> Almost woke you up. Got you, got, got you in the back there too. Oh, what a Christ have I. Friends, in Jesus Christ and the salvation that he brings, we've found the pearl of greatest price, haven't we? Is there anything more precious than what he's done for us and who he is? How wonderful he is. Surely we must treasure him, value his loving kindness, recognise the riches that he pours out, the riches of his grace that he pours out to each one of us. We've heard recently about the lavishness of his love that he gives to us from the letter of John. How great the Father's love is to us. He bestows upon us the mercy that overflows, a price that cannot be paid by any of us. So the challenge is, to each of us, including myself, is Christ the glory of my life and the glory in my life? He's the glory of heaven, yet he paid the price we could not pay. 
the debt we couldn't clear, the sacrifice we couldn't offer, how much do we treasure what he's done for us to glory? As Graham Kendrick wrote, it's an old song now, but it's very poignant, how much do you think he is worth, boy? He paid the price that was paid on the nail. Very poignant, that, isn't it? That price that was paid on the nail. And then this glory, as in brilliance, bit brighter than we've got up here, as in brilliance, majesty, magnificence, splendour, resplendence, awesomeness. In other words, the, impressive, the impressiveness of beauty on an incredible scale. And I've got a slightly better example for this one here. For example, the herald was overwhelmed by the imperial glory of Rome as he stepped in to the empire, gazed around and could hardly take it in. Well, if we can imagine our mind's eye, the incredible glory of God like that. And even if we try to encapsulate it in words or song, we couldn't really get close. Although I have to say, I think this song gets close. The splendour of a king, clothed in majesty. Let all the earths rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. It trembles at his voice. How great is our God? How great is our God? You see, the scale of God's glory cannot be overestimated. The grandeur of his holiness cannot be comprehended. The deity of our God ensures there's no one like him. As the psalmist simply said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And thinking of, of his glory and his brilliance, Exodus 40, a couple of verses, 34 and 35, then the cloud, God's visible dwelling presence, covered the tent of the meeting, and the glory and brilliance of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud remained on it, and the glory and brilliance of the Lord filled, filled the tabernacle. You know, wouldn't it be great if the glory of the Lord was visible like that in our presence today? It filled this place. But you know, as temples of the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Ghost, we can be filled with him, giving him glory, i.e. giving him praise and honour. We can be filled, displaying his glory, his holiness and his worthiness, his majesty, recognising his glory, his awesomeness, how wonderful he is, and living in his glory, the mighty power of his great salvation, recognising his triumph, it's not great. What if specifically mention that the glory of God is revealed in the person of Jesus? And I've got three scriptures for that. Hebrews 7:16, the Amplified Version. It's the Amplified Version, so it's louder. Jesus, who has become a priest not on the basis of a physical or legal requirement in law concerning his ancestry as a descendant of Levi, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible and end endless life. An indestructible and endless life. The power in the person of his son Jesus. Hebrews 2, 9. 
But we do see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honour, because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. And the really powerful one, Hebrews 1, 3, the Son, that is Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The exact representation, the radiance of God's glory. How wonderful. Friends, we have been set free, redeemed, made alive in him. And we are made to glorify him, to glory in him, to recognise his glory. And in closing, I'd just like to quote from a song which summarises many of these facets that we've considered this morning. A song we all know well, and it's this. And I love this song because I can almost imagine us singing this in heaven. It says this, God of glory, we exalt your name. You who reign in majesty, we lift our hearts to you and we will worship, praise and magnify your holy name. And the ladies come in, it sounds fantastic. In power resplendent you reign in glory. Eternal King you reign forever. Your word is mighty, releasing captives. Your love is gracious. You are my God. <laughs>